This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good afternoon. Once again, John Hines in for Shaletta on this Saturday afternoon. One of the things that I enjoy about having a chance to fill in from time to time is I can uh, check around and see if uh, one of my favorite authors might be available for a conversation. And I mentioned a number of authors earlier in the show, and they're not favorites because of their connection to the Twin Cities. It just happens to be that that is a connection. They're favorites because I just enjoy what they write. One of those gentlemen, uh, in this case a gentleman, is David Housewright, who's the first now, well, he's got a couple of series, including the Holland Taylor books, but along the way, in back 2004 or so, he started in another direction, a book called A Hard Ticket Home about a St. Paul police officer who hit the jackpot. And depending on what you think of him, he did or didn't sell his badge, but instead he has been doing some great things. Rushmore McKenzie has been doing some great things ever since A Hard Ticket Home. And David Housewright joins me to talk about that and the latest. Hey, good afternoon, David. Thank you for making yourself available on this Saturday. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. But then I'm nice and toasty warm. I'm not outside. Do you, hey, let me ask this question. Do you have a uh, a particular place where, like, uh, your writer's garret where you sit while you're writing and uh, and just, you know, a cozy, comfortable spot? I do actually. I uh, I built an office in my basement, and uh, that's that's where they're all written. Well, it, it, so you don't need to be looking out a window. I, does it help to not be distracted from looking out the window? Actually, I have a very large window. Uh, the oh, way my, my house is set up on a hill, I'm looking out on my uh, on my neighbor's backyard. Hey, tell people if you can. Um, a little bit about where the inspiration for Rushmore McKenzie came from. Oh, wow, man, that, that gets complicated. Um, basically, I wanted a guy who could do a lot of adventures. I, I could branch out and, and write a lot of different kinds of stories. And so I, I wanted to create a character who is doing what he's doing because uh, partly because he's bored and partly because he actually thinks he's making the world a better place. 
He's not doing it because somebody knocked on his door and ordered, uh, offered him a lot of money, like a PI would. He's not doing it because uh, he was working the, uh, the third shift and got a call and found a body on the floor of a, of a restaurant or something. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I can write a lot of dark stories. You mentioned A Hard Ticket Home. And then I could also write some lighthearted stories where maybe he's uh, investigating an art theft or something like that that doesn't have a lot of dead bodies on the floor. (laughs) Well, that's got to be more upbeat. Hey, I know that there is a 21st novel in the series coming, um, I think, when is it? Probably June of 2024. Is that right? A Man in the Water or Man man in the Water? Yes, that'll be out, and in, in, I don't have the actual pub date. They, uh, they've neglected to tell me this, but I'll, I'll figure it out between now and then. Okay, well, anyway, um, that'll be the, in the series. Uh, yet, you managed to write and to overlap series at the same time, because you continued with your other series at the same time, that you were writing Rushmore McKenzie when you were, you were still writing Holland Taylor. Uh, how, am, how, how do you do that? Um, <laughs> well, one of the things I do is, I'll, I'll, for example, I have another Holland Taylor book coming out. I haven't got a pub date. It'll be out this year sometime. It's called Girl in the Dumpster. Give you an idea of where we're going. Yeah, let's um, see. Yeah, let me think. What could that possibly be about? <laughs> and uh, what I do is I have to get his voice in my head. I have, you know, those books are much, much darker than the uh, Mackenzie novels. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll browse my previous books. I'll reread some of the stuff I wrote before and try and get, the rhythms in my head and try and get his voice in my head uh, as I'm plotting out the book. I will not write them both at the same time. That's, that's crazy. But I know people do that sort of thing, but I don't, I'll, I'll have to immerse myself in that character before I can actually start writing the book. Which character are you more like, if I can ask that, Holland Taylor or Rushmore McKenzie? Which one is a closer reflection of David Housewright, the author? Uh, probably McKenzie, because he's a smart aleck. Uh, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's prone to, to annoying people just for the fun of it. Um, uh, his sensibilities are mine. He's a baseball fan. He's a jazz fan. Uh he doesn't carry a gun with him everywhere he goes, uh, unlike Taylor. <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess I would lean towards more towards that character. Okay, so how much, or is it actually fun to be able to work these protagonists into uh, places the, with which you are familiar, whether it be, I, I mean, I picture for people who don't know Rushmore McKenzie's now wife, um, uh, Nina, uh, has a nightclub, which I picture as being the Commodore in St. Paul on Western. I, am I close to uh, uh, an accurate description for that? You, well, actually, you're, you're not too far off of. Uh, 
Ricky's her her joint was is basically a combination of three clubs. Uh, one of them, which doesn't exist anymore, which was the Artist Quarter in St. Paul. But uh, there's a place on, uh, I think it's Dale, called uh, Sweeney's. And sure. Back when I was, yeah, back when I was a kid and I was working in advertising, it was the uh, Sweeney's Champagne Bar. And they used to have jazz. They used to have music in, in the upper floor. And that's where I first heard Rio Nito, for example, back in the, uh, God, was it the 70s to early 80s? And uh, so it's basically a combination of three places, but it is on Cathedral Hill. And in my head, it's not too far away from the Commodore. All right. Well, these are the things I think that readers um, find enjoyable. I mean, I find all of this enjoyable, uh, to tell you the truth, but um, it just... I I like trying to identify, trying to get in the car with Rushmore McKenzie uh, and ride to the same places that he's going, Um, whether it is some dive bar where somebody's going to clobber him from behind or worse in some cases. um, uh, It it just makes it more fun, I I think. And I, I wonder how many readers tell you the same thing. Oh, I get that a lot. Um, one of my favorite things, if you want to use that word, is how people will send me emails and they'll say, oh, I loved your latest book. I thought that was fabulous. But on page 147, you write that he's going east on Highway 55. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you meant Highway 52. And I'm like... (laughs) My first thought is, damn it, <laughs> how did that get by? But, yeah, I get that a lot. I've had people who, who have done, like, treasure hunts where they're trying to find a place that I created in a book by backtracking Mackenzie's steps. And I'm going, well, you know, that house actually doesn't exist. I kind of made it up. I, I mean, I, you know, what am I going to give you a real address and you're going to knock on the guy's door and go, hey, Mackenzie live here? How important is it? Um, Mackenzie's closest friend, his boyhood friend, and uh, who is a, still a St. Paul police officer, how important is it that, uh, that they have relationships that uh, any central character uh, has a relationship that's that important in their life? Is it important? I think it's very important. Uh, if you read an awful lot of, of mysteries and crime fiction like I do, especially the old stuff, um, you know, the Chandlers and the Hammets and Ross McDonald, those guys, their characters really don't have a family. They don't really have a, 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 a lot of friendships that uh, appear in the books. And um, I, when I created Mackenzie, I, I purposely uh, made sure he had a very large circle. Because you have to remember, basically what he's doing is he's doing favors for friends. And he needs friends. And the other thing yeah. is, uh, Mackenzie doesn't have a family, per se. I mean, his mother died when he was a child. His father died, uh, passed before the the series began. And so 
his friendships with Bobby Dunstan and other people, those are that's, that's his family. And that's one of the motivations for what he does, is he's basically looking uh, for a place to belong. Well, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, you know, I, I think about that when I think about some of the places he goes, some of the characters that he runs into and some of the, the favors that he does. As, and I guess that's the best way to refer to them as favors that he does for others. Do you know, uh, do you have an idea, a pretty good idea, how a book is going to end before you begin? Absolutely. I will not write the first word until I know what the last word is. Now, I don't, I don't mean to say I actually write the endings, but I know how the book ends before I begin. Absolutely. Um, and you've, you've read them yourself. Your you know, listeners have read them where they're reading a book, and it's pretty good. And then they get to the ending, and they go, what? And it's because the author, he's got 70, 80,000 words in the book, and he's got to wrap that sucker up, and he doesn't know how it ends any more than you do. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. endings, And I'm like, come on, man, you can't do that. Um, (laughs) Also, I think the ending of the book will tell readers what the book is about. Um, but it also tells the writer what the book is about. And I, I don't mean just who done it. No. I mean, you know, what is it you're trying to explore? What is it you want people to think about when they close the cover? And, uh, yeah, we've all read those books where you get to the end and you're like, wait, 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 what? Yeah, well, I, I've done that. You're absolutely right. Where I have to go back, you know, like a chapter or two or, you know, multiple pages is like, well, where did this person come from or, or what happened here? So, yeah, you, they, it, it doesn't seem to be built the way you would like to have it built. So do, do you, are, are you regimented in your, I mean, this is your job is to write. So are, do you treat it like a job? Do you get up in the morning and go to your workplace? Well, not when I get up in the morning. I mean, you know, coffee doesn't drink itself. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I, I, I have a. I, I know what my deadlines are. I know um, what I'm doing. I, I know people. My, my, my process isn't as um, regimented as some. I know some people who get up and they will work from like eight in the morning until two in the afternoon or two in the morning until midnight or whatever, they will write a thousand words a day or 3000 words or whatever. Uh, They have a system and that's what they follow. Mine is a little bit more flexible. Uh, Once I start the book, once I got it in my head and I know what I'm going to do, I'll try to write, um, you know, $5,000 or $5,000. I'll try to write 5,000 <laughs> words a week. And, uh, and sometimes I'll actually do that. Um, but, but I don't necessarily say I'm going to write for six hours today and six hours tomorrow. Ah, okay. um, it's a little bit more lighter than that. Some days you sit down and you got nothing. And some days you sit down and it just, it's like you're watching somebody else do it. It's, it's just flowing that well. Um, you know, the trick is knowing you have to write the book and it's not going to write itself. So get to work, get to work. Yes. It's the reason they call it a broom is because you have to push it 
Um, it's, yes. just, it's just <laughs> like that. So hey, I, I do enjoy what you do. And when people ask me, because I try to turn other people on to authors that I like and that I find the same way, this is how I came to you, David, as a, a very good friend of mine said, oh, here, read these. So I did, and then I went back to the beginning and then brought everything forward. But I think in maybe, uh, and I don't say this about many, but maybe in Rushmore McKenzie's case, it, it really helps to have that foundation of the initial book, don't you think? Uh, not really. One of the things I, I pride myself in is that each book can stand alone. Uh, when you, I make references to to characters like, say, Bobby Dunstan or Heavenly Petrick, right. or I make references to where his money came from. Uh, that's always pertinent to the story. You can jump in anywhere and and move on. You don't need to go back and read the first eight books to figure out what's going on in books nine, ten, and eleven. Um, so I, I, I kind of take pride in that. Um, I know some people who don't care. I've had, I've had readers tell me, you know, they grabbed number five or they, they jumped in at number 13 and then they went back and read them all forward. And that's fine with me. I mean, what am I going to do? Argue with them? But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you don't, you don't need to do that. You can jump in anywhere and move forward. Well, uh, I hope that you will continue, and I will look now for, um, and according to what I see on a website, um, Man in the Water is in June, um, but I'm going to guess Holland Taylor, if you said coming out this year also, will be maybe before that in that particular case. Well, I'm talking to these guys in Florida. I don't know. I, you know, the problem is it's June. If the book was coming out in in April or May, then I would hold Taylor off until September or October, um, because you know you've got that distance between the two books. But right. I I really honestly don't know what we're going to do right now. I hope to get it out this year. I hope to get it out at least by late fall, but we'll see. Okay. All right. I, well, I'm not going to pressure you or hold you to it. And when I get a chance to be on the radio again, this is why one of the reasons I, I said this, I, uh, well, do I'll send you my address. One of the reasons I, I, and I said this at the beginning of this half hour here, that I enjoy the chance to fill in is because it allows me to have on guests with whom I'd like to talk. Um, and it, it just and and you're one of those, David. Just because I'm a fan, and I think it shows through. I hope that it does because uh, the, then people who trust me will trust that I know what I like to read, and they will like it as well. So well, hey, I appreciate it, and I'm a fan of yours. Going back to the uh, '70s and '80s, you know, I don't know if you know this, but back in the day when I was working in advertising, we met. Uh, a couple of times. This is back when you were with the other station. and uh, Oh, I was multiple stations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, yeah, I worked for Hubbard for a number of years, and maybe that might have been the time. Um, I don't recall. But, David, so nice to have a chance to chat with you. Thank you for agreeing to be on here on this Saturday afternoon. I'll keep reading as long as you keep writing. Keep doing it. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me on.
Take care. Look for Man in the Water coming out maybe in June. More to come from David Housewright and Rushmore McKenzie. You have a, a great day. It is, um, oh gosh, 24 minutes after 2 o'clock, WCC. On a cold Saturday afternoon, talking about a couple of things, uh, just a, a variety at random here on WCCO. One of those things is a list of 10 strange food combinations that actually taste pretty good. And I started thinking about food combinations that people that I do that people would think is weird and maybe not so weird. I'll I'll share some of that list here after the latest update, the latest uh, break here for weather and such. But but here, do you have a food combination, Josh? Josh Wheeler in the big chair here. Do you have a strange food combination? Nothing that I can think of that it's strange. Um, I mean, I did try the pickle pizza at the fair. I tried it because you can't knock it till you try it. I thought it was okay. I don't know how okay, you feel there, about it. That was okay? A ringing endorsement. Okay, good. I, I guess. So, you know, people have told me, and, and I don't agree with this, but uh, I will oftentimes stand at my kitchen sink with a fork in a bowl of cut-up chunks of watermelon and a salt shaker putting salt on the watermelon. But that's not very strange. I think many people do that, right? No, that's, I don't think that's anything wrong with that. I mean, water, no. it's a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of salty, and it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, uh, when I am eating an ear of sweet corn, besides the butter and some salt maybe, but I'll also put black pepper on there. Hmm. No, not unusual? Not, not, nothing too out of the ordinary. All right, well, here's what we'll do. We'll get a, a break in here, get the latest weather information and such, and then I'll, I'll share some of these things. And, and if you're listening and you have a, what others might think is a strange food combination, but you like it, text it to me at 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226, the WCCO talk and text line. So uh, we will... Uh, Get your text messages, but I'll share the rundown of these strange food combinations that actually taste pretty good. Not to me, some of them, but we'll share it next on WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is the cleverness of a good producer, Josh Wheeler, pulling the right music, whether What's Love Got to Do With It Earlier or Eat It uh, at this particular time. Hey, so 10 foods that sound strange but are actually quite good. I'll run through a few of these. Cream cheese and Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Okay. Interesting. I can... Yeah, interesting. That's a good way to say it, Josh. Yeah. Somebody said yellow mustard on watermelon. There is that um, uh, sort of, I don't know, that that tangy, zesty taste that goes with something sweet again. And you and I both are in agreement uh, regarding chocolate-covered bacon. That sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's usually a staple of when I go to the fair every year. I usually get the I get the bacon, and I also will typically get the chocolate covered bacon as well. Big fat bacon is good, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, ketchup on macaroni and cheese that doesn't sound so strange either. Although I don't think I'd like it. Ice cream and soy sauce supposedly it gives it a salted caramel flavor. Hmm. Interesting. So now, I don't know how it, I feel it, about that. Yeah, now, is this one valid? I mean, they talk about on this list pickles and ice cream, which I think I remember that going back to like, you know, probably I Love Lucy when little Ricky was on the way or whatever, that um, Lucy wanted, had a craving for ice cream mm-hmm. with pickles on it. But you think there's some validity to that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting combo, but like the more I thought, the more I think about it, it's still kind of that sourness, but sweet mixed in. I, again, I, I'm like, there's parts of me that are just not, don't knock it till you try it, but there's also the other part where it's like, I, you couldn't pay me. <laughs> this is yeah. kind of right in the middle. Yeah, okay. Doritos and cottage cheese, what does that do for you? I'm a cottage cheese guy. I'm, I'm one of the rare people that actually doesn't mind cottage cheese. Um, I think Doritos would give it a good season, if you will. I think it'd be a good seasoning, a little bit of a crunch, obviously, and... Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. My th- I've never been able to get into cottage cheese. I always have this idea. How did the person who invented cottage cheese know that he was finished? Um, it, yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, that's it. Uh, here, pickles and peanut butter. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm assuming now the the picture that goes with this shows bread and butter pickles. So it's, I call those sweet pickles, yes. right? Yes, and I think this is another one of those pregnancy cravings too. Where I've heard a lot, I've heard of a few people that kind of get the random combo of peanut butter and pickles. I don't know necessarily if they put it together, but I do know peanut butter is often a craving of uh, women who are pregnant. Hot sauce on popcorn. Nothing out of the ordinary. I've seen it. No, seen I it. can see. Yeah, I can see that one. And then they also list marshmallows on pizza. But that's it's like a Nutella uh, pizza. Yeah. It's not a regular pizza. No, that's that not they a put. Re- based on the picture, it is not a legitimate no. pizza. So here's some of your texts. Peanut butter and hot dogs? No. 
Um, somebody mentions that King's down in Meesville, which uh, makes a really great burger. But they've got 100 choices of hamburgers, one of the best hamburger with peanut butter. Blue Door uh, Burgers, Blue Door Restaurants have been doing that for a long, long time. What else do we have here? Like pepper with corn on the cob plus mustard on lutefisk. Hold it. I'm going to, nobody wants, I take, you know, and I, I don't know if I need to brace myself because I've got that upcoming good neighbor tour to Norway, but lutefisk better not be on the menu because I ain't doing it. Never had it. I'm, I've never had nor, it. Nor will I. I never have and never had it, never will. Um, and somebody says, well, how do you know you don't like it? You've never tried it. Hey, there are just some things you know, right? Yeah. I mean, are, are you a, are you also a smell guy? Like if it doesn't smell good, do you usually avoid it? Oh, for sure. Okay. Cause some people, there are some people who will smell it and then be like, oh, I'll still dive in. They'll still try it and they'll, and they'll, you know, either like it or not like it. But I'm definitely, if I, if I catch a whiff of it and I don't think I'm going to like it, uh, there's no chance I'm going to try it. Yeah, I, I absolutely go with that. Pork chop gravy on apple pie. Now, I could see that. when You know, it's kind of like you've had that dinner. Pork chops, mashed potatoes, uh, whatever side vegetable you have, maybe some uh, sweet corn or something. And then afterwards, they serve dessert on the plate that your pork chop was on. I could see getting some pork chop gravy on there. Absolutely. Top it off with some some sweetness on top of that. That's not, not, a, bad, sure. not a bad mixture. Peanut butter, mayo, and these are all text messages, by the way. Uh, so thank you for that. Peanut butter, mayo, and lettuce on white bread. See, by the way, and I have been chastised many times for this, I will not eat peanut butter. Can't do peanut butter. Can't do it. Okay, I, I, that's fair. I, a couple of times, taking a break during the show, I've just had some peanuts Eat peanuts, like, no no problem. No tomorrow, peanut butter cookies, no problem. But no Reese's peanut butter cup, no. No, no peanut butter on toast, no. Not See, Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cup, you're speaking my language. But peanut butter itself, it's kind of hit or miss. I, I just don't like the idea of it getting stuck in my throat. So <laughs> it's not Here's fun. One. Cottage cheese is good with fruit, peaches, pears, strawberry, blueberries. You know, I it's yeah. A frequent my combo. girlfriend, yep. my my girlfriend puts um, cottage cheese on watermelon. Okay, which I it's the same thing, I suppose, right? Yeah. In Wisconsin, they like melted cheddar on their apple. Well, me, my father ate cheddar, uh, a slice of, of of cheese on his apple pie forever. I re- I remember that. Interesting. Very, very well. Yeah, so. I, I know. I knew about the cottage cheese peaches combo because they sometimes even will have like, I guess, pre-mixed peach flavoring added added to it. Uh, it's it's a pretty common combination when people have cottage cheese. I think a lot of people honestly won't eat cottage cheese without a fruit mixed in, like blueberries well, or peaches. So. Yeah. yeah, and you see that on restaurant menus. Somebody, the person sitting at the counter next to you, has got a you know a, a there's a couple of leaves of lettuce, um, uh, half of a peach, and then cottage cheese piled on it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I I can I understand that, but 
So 651-461-9226. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get a break in here. And uh, Stevie T, who's coming up next this afternoon following the Shaletta Brundage show here on WCCO, he's going to take over, but we'll chat with him, see if he's got a strange food combination. I maintain that anybody who does what we do, radio, um, is virtually uh, immune to foods where somebody says, well, how can you eat that at this time of the day? There's no such thing as a time of day. There's no clock that goes with me. I mean, doing morning radio forever and ever, I can start out the day with a big plate of spaghetti and meat sauce, uh, you know, no problem at 4 o'clock in the morning, just getting up and getting going. So we'll find out about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get Stevie T's take on that and on putting the NFL behind a paywall on a Saturday night. More uh, That and more coming up. News Talk 830 WCCO. 247. John Hines with you this afternoon filling in for Shaletta Brundage. Coming up next at the top of the hour is uh, Tech Talk. But before Tech Talk, I get a chance to chat with Stevie T, the hardest working man in radio. Steve Thompson joins me this afternoon to talk about a couple of other things here. Steve, how are you doing? I, it's been forever since I spoke with you. Yeah, it has been a while, John. I hope you're doing well, and it's great to hear you on the radio. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. Somebody told me not long ago, I said, Heinz, if you keep showing up, you failed at retirement. And it's like, well, I just need the practice. So people who, who uh, I need to practice. Hey, let me ask you about a couple of things. Did you hear we were talking about strange food combinations? Do you have one? I, I, I do. Um, and I, I don't know if I dare share this, but I absolutely, absolutely love um, I just don't know if I should share this. I'll get in trouble with my doctor or someone, but I, I, I really like, I mean, medium rare hamburgers. You can't get those when you're out to eat, but at home, I, I, uh, I, I really like a medium rare hamburger at home. Really? A lot of, a lot of people would say that's kind of, kind of gross, but if you get good quality ground beef and you know where it's coming from, it's it's pretty good. Well, see now, I I I love a rare to medium rare steak, but sure. my ham but my hamburger, I don't know. I, I I'm with your doctor on that one, Steve. Well, no, and, and, and I get it. I don't want to get in trouble from the food police. I know, I I know it's not cool, but. And what what I like is is like a little miracle whip on it, um, but but other than that, you know, no, not not really. Um, I, I prefer potato chips with sour cream versus chip dip. I, I, I like my chips just with sour cream, but I wouldn't call that overly unusual. Nope, um, nope. Uh, peanut butter banana sandwiches are quite good. Um, but some of the combos I saw on the text line were like, ooh, I can't do that. Yeah. Are you a Ludafisk person? No. Good, I, good. I have tried it on a dare, uh, but no. 
Uh, not, not, not so much. All right. Can I, 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 I'm tempted to go off color here. Maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. I was going to say the difference between, uh, never mind, but <laughs> lutefisk and something else is kids won't eat lutefisk, but that's another story. So I right, skip that one. Skip that one. Yeah. So, um, hey, uh, so not a strange combination, but I guess I just like my hamburger to stay together more. And when it's medium rare, um, even with a good ground beef, good where you know where it came from, it just seems to fall apart too much. Well, and, and once again, I know that a health inspector would say, no, 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 no. But, but what I do is I get the pan really hot. And, and sear it, yep. and, and sear it good on both sides. But but I know I'm I'm kind of rolling the dice going that right. route. But and you know where. It, but yeah, if you know where the beef came from, you know you're good. So, hey, yeah. I got to ask you about this. Uh, Josh and I were talking about this earlier. Um, the idea of taking that uh, Chiefs and Dolphins game. And putting it up behind a paywall on Peacock tonight, if you want to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised the NFL allowed NBC to do it, and I know they're trying to get more subscribers to Peacock and all of that, and the parent company, etc. But but the one thing that I believe has made the NFL great is that you get all these games on free over-the-air television during the regular year, and you can watch the playoffs and the Super Bowl on free over-the-air television. And I I think we're a bit spoiled, and I think it's the way of the future that it's going to be more of a pay-per-view model uh, down the road. But I I am a little surprised that that the NFL is going this route and experimenting with it because I'm not going to subscribe to Peacock. I'll find out later. Yeah, well, and the same thing, though, happened throughout the regular season with Thursday night on Prime. Sure. But apparently that was successful for them. Um, there was maybe some pushback. But um, I think with the proliferation of people who have Amazon Prime, um, I it's funny, Steve, I was sitting at my computer watching it on that screen, and then I all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I've got a smart TV. I can pull up Amazon Prime on my TV. Why am I watching it on this screen? So maybe a little bit of an education for me at that particular point. Well, and the, the challenge is, is that I, I, I think as we see more and more fragmentation, if you will, that you're asking people to have a subscription to Prime and a subscription to Peacock and a subscription to this and a subscription to that. And it kind of goes back to, well, the reason I cut the cord and I don't have cable or satellite TV is I wanted to save a few bucks. And you start adding up all these subscriptions and you're kind of right back where you started. Well, we I've talked with a friend who's, who was in the, the, the media side of, of television uh, from way back when. I, I'll bet you even know him, but um, uh, that's not important. But we were talking about this. He said everybody was clamoring for uh, sort of the um, uh, uh, the idea of of like a buffet where you just uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, where, but you you just select the, the the channels that you want. Everybody was looking for that opportunity and that option until 
every one of those had a price tag with it. It's like, well, wait a minute here now. I, I didn't, this is not what I bargained for. I mean, uh, it's, it, to me, that's just, um, it's just out there a bit that, uh, everything. And again, I don't, I, I feel that some of these leagues or whoever's controlling this owes some debt to the fans who are supporting it. And let's, you know, let's give it to them. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. There's got to be a balance between. And, and generally, the NFL has been the gold standard as far as giving away their product for free. There isn't a Sunday during the regular season where there aren't at least three games, usually more, on free over-the-air television. You just need an antenna and a television to pull it in, and you'll be in good shape. But, but I completely agree, and it's the old a la carte model. I think at some point in time that we're, we're going to get, I believe, we're going to get to a model. If you want to watch a game, you're going to pay a small fee. That if you, you, you want to watch a Twins game and you're home that night, you're available, you're going to be able to pay a small fee. And I, I think that would be the ultimate a la carte. And then if you want to, you know, buy a subscription for the month or the season, you pay you pay more, but get a better per game deal. I, I think a lot of people would prefer that if it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to watch a game tonight and it's five bucks. I don't necessarily want to spend the money to subscribe to Peacock and make that commitment over the long haul. Yeah, you know, and a la carte was the term that I was looking for. I don't know what happened. I couldn't find that in my head anywhere here. But um, I've got friends who, to get certain games, they have called up and signed up for whatever service had it um, because they oftentimes have a free trial. So as long as you remember to unsubscribe within seven days, you're in pretty good shape at that particular point. And that's the challenge, remembering to do that. I, I've signed up for things, and all of a sudden I get an annual bill. <laughs> oh, <wait a> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like I think I'm still getting um, 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 OnStar for a car I no longer have. Um, <laughs> but if I ever am in an emergency situation, I'm going to find some button to push somewhere, for goodness right. sakes. Yeah, this is... This is not helping me at all at this particular point. So, all right. Hey, so good to have a chance to chat with you. Um, And, uh, and you got, um, you got Doug coming up, right? Yep. Doug's around the corner. We we are going to talk about a lot of things, open up the uh, talk and tag sign. And and by the way, we're going to talk about scams and what you can do to protect yourself to avoid getting scammed online. So we'll do that. On the way. Well, that's always important advice, and I'm surprised sometimes how some very, very seemingly intelligent people still manage to fall for some sort of a scam. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, you need my social security number and my, uh, okay, yeah, and here's my bank number too while I'm at it. Uh, just right. yeah, And standing there with your pockets turned inside out later on. So, hey, Stevie, thank you for joining me. Have a great afternoon. We'll be listening at News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm going to say a special thanks to Josh, Josh Wheeler, who uh, been in the big chair and keeping this show on the rails as much as possible. Have a great week, Josh. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for your help. See you, John. Have a good one. Bye.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.